Hey, Culture Hackers, it's Robbie Richman. Welcome back. Welcome back, Jill. Thank you, Robbie. It's good to have you here. Good to be here. And we've got an exciting show for you today, some interesting stuff to talk about. More discoveries on the millennial network generation. We're going to talk about um, the latest in self-organization that's going on at Zappos and other companies. This is going to be a really big culture shift that's being impacted by networks. And then whatever we get into off the rails as we as we often do. Sound Ready good? for it. Sounds great. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. So you found this great article that, that Fast Company came out with, and uh, you brought it up before the show, that we can kind of have our fun with millennials. We have had our fun with millennials. We're not millennials, so you know we love to sort of look at millennials in a really negative light, because it, <laughs> it makes us feel better. But the reality is, there's some really great research that, that shows that um, millennials know how to network in a very, very different way, and know how to build their networks to support some of their some of their lifestyle. Yeah. And, and it, it, to me, what, what hits is that it's at the level of identity. Mm-hmm. You know, what they are going for, they don't want to buy houses. They don't want to buy cars. They just want to Uber around. They want to have great experiences. They want to be with their friends. And they're willing to take less money to do so, which is so different from the American dream that we were born and raised on of that linear progression of you get better and better job titles, more stuff, um, these kind of nuclear singular family households. Mm-hmm. It's it's way different, and I think that they're more adapted. Like one of the things I talk about with with culture is that our analogy of culture is is shifting. From we we're going from this military analogy of work. I mean, think about marketing, target market. We mm-hmm. execute, we employ, deploy, strategy. All these are war terms, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're we've gone into we more develop te- an exit strategy. Exit strategy, right. yeah. Get out of there, right? It, fascinating. And then we're moving more into team based analogies. Like, you don't have a manager, you have a coach, and we're on a team together. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, was influenced by the service economy. Mm-hmm. And now we're going into network age. Like, I'm predicting you're going to hear the word algorithm a lot. Mm-hmm. People are going to say, I have an algorithm for this industry or this business or this problem. Um, words like network, download information, install a new program, we're going to install a new culture. All these computer-based network terms are going to be coming in. And well, and the use of the word, you know, crowds and crowdsourcing and crowdfunding and totally, totally. It's all network. Um, and they the millennial generation understands it in, intuitively. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see when that shifts, because right now they're they're being that network model in a world that's still not that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of jarring. One of them we talked about is the nine to five workday. Yep. I mean, that can be really disturbing. That it's a noose around the neck, right? Yeah. Or that just a complete noose around the neck. Because neither of us work a nine-to-five work. Have day. you ever? Oh, yeah, of course. Did you hate it? It didn't suit. It never suited me. Because I am most productive at five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Tend to be, right? Mm. I'm really weird. And then I'm, I'm toast at three. Yeah, yeah, totally. So... But I'm, so it doesn't, it just doesn't suit me. So I'm super productive in the morning and I'll get up and I'll do work and I'll get stuff done. And by three o'clock, I'm, I'm shattered. Totally. I'm ready to go for a run. I want to go out the door. I want to go to a yoga class. I just, the, the best you'll get out of me is like really at hours that most people are not working. Right. Yeah. And every, things are becoming more virtual too. They realize it's expensive to have an office. It's expensive to get people all there. Yeah. It takes a lot of time for them to commute, especially in LA. Yeah. And... There's this, so there's definitely a new model 
emerging here. And it, it definitely scares people. It would scare me if I was still managing a lot of people today to think, okay, I can't watch them. I don't know what they're they're doing. How do I reorient myself around results? Thank you, Yahoo. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yahoo, for everybody who doesn't know, tried the opposite of right. bringing everybody in and they hated that. But it's kind of a Hail Mary pass because um, who uses Yahoo anymore? Right. Like exactly. they're, they're trying to do something and, and maybe that'll work. I don't know. But this, there, there's certainly something new emerging, like, like you said, peak hours when, when people are working their best. And, and I think it's, it's this, this question, Tony Shea always gave it to me, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, yes, you're right that they should be working for you full time. But what if they get you three times the results working a quarter of the time? Sure. Would you rather be right that you're, they're supposed to be working or happy that you're getting better results? And I remember the first time I was at Zappos as a contractor, there was another contractor next to me. And he was this SEO consultant. Yeah. He was on Facebook all, all day yeah. because he would just get one big hit with something that he was doing and millions of dollars would come in as a result. Right. So nobody cared that he wasn't doing that because his results were so great. Right. Exactly. Totally, totally get it. And so I imagine if you're managing a team, do you have the same attitude? When you're managing down, is your attitude, I'd rather be happy? Now it is. It's been a little while since I've been in the game, and I'm kind of itching to get back into it, to have a team Mm -hmm. and play with these new management structures that are are coming about. Because I don't know. I, I was, when I was at the tail end of Zappos, in the transition of that. Um, you know, I had, I was really fascinated where uh, my, my belief of where this started to go mainstream to think about it was an, an article in Harvard business review Mm -hmm. cover story by Gary Hamill called, I believe it's, um, fire all the managers Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. get rid of all the managers or one of the two. And, um, it was about this company Morningstar of Mm -hmm. 700 people at a tomato processing plant, no managers. And I saw that while I was at Zappos, and I just contacted them immediately and went up there to visit in the in the middle of California country, far out yep. from Sa- Sacramento, went there to visit them. They're such great people to to immerse myself and see what was going on in that culture. And it, 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 it's, it's kind of crazy now that I think about it, that the first wind I got of this... Um, um, organizing differently. Granted, they 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 do have a more of a traditional workday, but a network model of organization is with a very industrial age company, tomato processing. Yep. And I learned about how they do it, and and they said, you know, it's it's a myth that nobody has any bosses. He said, actually, we each have about thirty bosses because they organize it like a city where people have contracts between each other. If we work together, I say, I owe you this, you owe me that. And I have 30 different contracts going on like I'm a city contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I'm working within the 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 city. And it's all created um, by the CEO who's a big libertarian. And he said, I want to create this libertarian work, work environment. Work environment, right. And what I really learned especially too was their conflict resolution technique which are uh, again they said they said we're not going to be parents here like the traditional business model of the manager is your parent they said their model is first you don't bring it to another person unless you've directly confronted the person if you two can't work it out then you bring it to another person who mediates and and facilitates and who are who are mediators and anybody facil- you choose oh you can just choose a third party facilitator yeah, to say mediator. look can you help us work this out and have a conversation about it if that doesn't work then it goes to a panel of peers and i did this 
a company and oh my god it works so well hmm. because it makes people be adults yeah. mm-hmm. because they um they have to start talking to each other first then it, it it's going to bother three people rather than an entire team an entire team right but then when it gets to more of that team level i did this once the people having the argument are so embarrassed they never want that to happen again so they will do whatever they can to work it out personally so that they don't... it's usually bu- shameful personal... Totally. ...behavior that's between the two of them. And it actually has nothing to do with anything other than some kind of a personal grudge. Of course, they're feeling slightly shamed about it. Totally. To some extent. Yeah. Great conflict resolution technique. I actually showed this to Tony and some of the people at Zappos. Um, they weren't interested in it at the time. Now, these articles that are coming out, I'm seeing them them revisit some of these companies like Morningstar. And... and I, I, I'm curious to see if it's going to work because the companies that have been cited most for self-organization oddly are very industrial, Gore mm-hmm. and Morningstar. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's been some speculation that because the, the business model itself is very stable as this production model, that you can have more of this loose structure. Whereas with internet companies where things are changing all the time, it wonders if you have something, a structure that, that, that's that decentralized on, on top of a network that's decentralized. I think we're going to eventually get there, but I could see a lot of chaos happening first. I, am, I, I imagine that there's an enormous amount of chaos. I mean, often, I think, when you're, looking, when you're looking at tech companies, you're looking at early stage companies, you need to have some central structure. That's the worst thing because everything is a moving target, right? So, so people have to have some degree of ownership. Right. Um, in which it's governed, right? It's totally. Anyway. So, do you know about this whole phenomenon of of holacracy that's going on? I a little bit because we've discussed it. You and I have discussed it reason reasonably, and I I've, I've read up on it. But I'd yeah. love to hear you talk about it from the inside because you left as it was being. I, I left right before, but I did a lot to get in deep and study the the, the practice of it. So, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know. Um, Zappos has been on a several-year quest to implement Holacracy, which was developed by um, this this company, Holacracy. It's trademarked and everything. And what they did, this this guy, Brian uh, Robertson, he's quite brilliant, I've got to say, because he played with a lot of different methodologies at his software company and found that a lot of them worked in different ways, one of them being Agile mm-hmm. and Scrum, but those wouldn't stick. And then he found this one called Sociocracy, which a lot of holacracy is taken from sociocracy, but he made it marketable and palatable. Mm-hmm. So sociocracy tends to be, you find it in these almost kind of hippie situations like yep. co-living. It's this really democratic network model for organizing, but, but it couldn't really be applied to business that well because it's, it's um, nobody just was able to really figure out how to make that work. Brian did, but arguably he changed some things in there that make it less democratic. It, it, part of the structure of sociocracy is you bring in outside stakeholders like your customers who are part of the decision process. Mm-hmm. That's not built into it. It's more built – my theory is that um, – and uh, Daniel Mezik, who I work with a lot on this and who's been um, um, amazing in the analysis of it, is that it, it, it makes it so the power structure that the CEO still has power. Mm-hmm. Um, is still able to influence through the resources that are allocated through um, assigning of roles and circles. There is still power in there. Um, but to to take a step back about how this works, I'm only finally able to really explain it now. Mm-hmm. Because what I did was I took their five-day training for a lot of money. And I talked to a lot of people at Zappos. And I went to the first hack, Hacking Holacracy conference to, to talk to all the practitioners of it. And it... it 
it's such a Byzantine, over-architected, bloated system of governance mm-hmm. that I couldn't explain it to anybody hmm. without going a million different directions. But I, now I can finally explain the simple core. Okay, I realized that that they didn't keep it simple because they. It seems like they got on a mission to squash bugs because they call it an operating system for your company. Mm-hmm. And the core of it, I realized, kind of stems from the way that that Gmail developed in a way that that. Remember, email was based on files and folders and actual mail. Uh-huh. But the way Gmail changed everything was they said, wait, what if you want it in more than one folder? But right. with Outlook, you didn't have that chance. You dragged it over to this folder. It couldn't exist in more than one place. But that's a very physical concept. Mm-hmm. What Gmail did was add tagging right? so that you could tag a message and it essentially lived in multiple places. And it had multi-dimensions like a database. You could have tags. You could have stars. You could have these filters. Mm-hmm. And it operated more like an electronic network than actual mail. Right. And so what Holacracy and Sociocracy do is say that rather than you just being on one team, Mm. you can be on multiple circles, depending on which roles you have and where you need to have a voice or hear information. Mm -hmm. So you can, rather than having a job title, one job title and one job team, you don't even have a title anymore. You have multiple roles and you're in multiple circles. Can you give me an example? So sure. So let's say that you are a writer. Uh-huh. And and before at the company you were head writer. But now going into this new holacracy or sociocracy based organization, um you now have several roles. You are a writer of the blog. Mm-hmm. You are a social media tweeting. You also help with uh, press releases. So you might be in the PR circle, in the social media circle. In the marketing circle. In the marketing circle. Or those, if it's a small enough company, those all might be one. But if you're going into thousands of people, that might be at three different circles. And then if you're talking about various products, then you're probably tagged to a bunch of different product teams as well. Yeah, right? which is interesting because when I went into Morningstar, right. I couldn't get them to say anything negative about their system uh-huh. until I asked the question, is there anything that's a total waste of your time? Uh-huh. And then they said, oh, we are in a lot of meetings. meetings. Because when you self-organize, suddenly information is very important. Right. And so uh, people find themselves in a lot of meetings with this kind of structure. Um, what 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 these systems do that really works well for organization is that by using by studying the systems like getting things done, agile, sociocracy, it separated the process of getting work done and authority, because authority is all about who has what power mm-hmm. and assigning, and those we we don't really have very clear authority structures beyond I'm your manager and I will tell you what to do. Right. But that's not working anymore. So what these systems does is separate the getting the work done and the authority. Mm-hmm. And the authority part is all about these governance meetings where the circles come up with roles that need to be filled and then the lead in the circle um, determines who's going to fill that role or energize the roles as Holacracy calls it. It does sound incredibly complex. I haven't even started Okay. This but is, I mean, I can imagine my core. day just by that structure suddenly becoming incredibly complex in terms of roles, in terms of whether it's like a, there's a there's a binary role between one person, whether it's a binary role between – I just imagine that there's a lot of not reporting structures but accountability structures. 
Yeah. It's the kind of thing where, I don't know what's a good analogy, but um, where it takes a while to learn, but mm-hmm. once you learn and get a rhythm going, it can, it can operate a lot more smoothly. Mm-hmm. So, um, in fact, some of the best companies that I've heard do this, what they do is they do it for six months to the letter of the law. They hate it. Right. Then they stop doing it. And then three months later, they say, okay, things are worse. We've got to start bringing some of those things back. Because like I said, it's, it's, um, it's a, Holacracy is, a, I believe, an over-architected system mm-hmm. because the, it, it's, it's a lot of control of the process. And when bugs and things would come up, things of like, oh, wait, somebody could really manipulate the system here. We've got to have another rule. Right. And so there's a lot to, to learn, to take on, and, and let go of. And it doesn't include how you, how you assign resources, salary, compensation, um, uh, progression, Right, and one of the people involved with Vegas in this said it's kind of like getting Microsoft Office, but they didn't include Word. Right, right. Um, but there, there is, there is this interesting. Um, I'll keep explaining for a little bit longer, and then I'll tell you some of my opinions. On okay, it. great. So the, the the way that it works really interestingly as well is how authority is assigned because things are moving so fast. How do we make decisions? And one of the models of it is it's consent versus consensus. So consensus is our whole circle agrees. But mm-hmm. consent is you want to do something, but unless I have something very strong to object about it with a criteria of being it'll hurt the circle, it'll hurt our company, it's not safe, etc., you are empowered to just go do it. Mm-hmm. So you'll offer a proposal, but rather than seeking consensus for the group, the group is asking questions and clarifying, and you might amend the proposal to make sure it doesn't harm the organization mm. as opposed to everybody deciding do they like it or not. Great. So that that is like this more efficient method. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does involve a lot more power in, to, to people of a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Oh, 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 we can't find something that that holds holds it back. And where I've seen this run into problems from the people I know who've done it is it's a very logical system. Oh, logically, this doesn't hurt the company. But people who are very emotionally non-logical based will think to themselves, wait, there's something off about this, and they can't find the words for it. Great. So people who are not highly logical, following the programming, realizing the, the analytical side to it, will, will have this gut feeling that this isn't going to be good, but don't have the language to articulate it. Ideally, you've got a good facilitator who will help that out. Mm-hmm. That's why I think culture's underneath it all. Mm-hmm. But as a system, I think if a, if a company just follows this as a system, they're going to get in people who are very analytical, self-starter-driven people and miss out on more of the introverted, feeling, intuitive. emotional, intuitive right. people. Right. So that's that's one of the dangers of it. Um, the also how it, how it speeds things up is let's say. Let's say somebody comes to our company and they want us to sponsor an event. Mm-hmm. And we see that this is going to come up a lot. Mm-hmm. And so what we can do is assign a domain. So your domain could be sponsorships. And that way we don't have to go through a, a, a process. We just say anything that's domains, Jill can decide on. Mm-hmm. But it also adds policies if we want to. So let's say I'm, a, I'm the circle. I want to add a policy that says, Jill... You can make any decision for sponsorships up to $100,000. Right. Anything beyond, I want you to bring it. So that's a policy that puts it in place. So it does take work to put these in place. Mm-hmm. And the dark side of it I've seen, which is also the dark side of GTD, getting things done, which right. if you know that, uh-huh. is that it's all about taking all the all inputs the in. in. Right. As opposed to saying, 
wait, sponsorships have nothing to do with keeping us on track. Mm-hmm. And but instead, you're responding to everything that comes up and putting it through the process of this governance structure. Mm-hmm. And when we did the simulation in the class on it, it, it started to hit me like, wait a minute, we're just dis- we're just responding to everything. So that's I was going to say in. strategy versus yeah, versus, that's that's where yeah. it gets really weird. Yeah, what the strategy, strategy is. is because this comes from their idea of. of Purpose mm-hmm. comes from this work by Andrew Cohen on emerging purpose. Yep. He's a very controversial figure. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, very controversial. Mm-hmm. And this guru kind of leader. Yeah. And what if you see their graphics on it, they have a magnet for purpose. Like it's this purpose that's pulling us forward. It's not a vision defining process. It's not like even led by the CEO. But it's saying that if we pay attention to everybody in the organization filling roles and sensing what they call tensions when things are off and bringing it to a governance meeting and say, hey, we don't have a technique to deal with sponsorships. How are we going to handle this? That if the organization is working on all these things and being this beehive of self-organized activities and circles and filling roles that the purpose emerges weird right a little weird yeah i mean in in practice have we really seen that happen have you seen companies define purpose as a result or not having purpose defined really well defined I haven't seen it. I've seen people pivot. I've seen it where you start off with one thing and then sure. you say, oh, whoa, this is really what people want. Right. But, you know, the, the, the recent news that's happened with Zappos is Tony sent a letter out that says, um, basically, self-organizer, get off the bus because we're going holacracy. We're going self-organization tools. Maybe it's not holacracy, but we are dedicated to self-organization. Right. And if not, you're going to get up to three months severance to leave. Which is nice to offer the opt-out to say, look, you don't have to do this with us. Let's make sure you're here by choice, Mm -hmm. which is great. I'm really happy to hear they did that. But it's also signals to me that there's a lot of resistance going on there. Yeah, There's a lot of people who are saying, well, this isn't the Zappos I know. Mm -hmm. That they're going to be... taking this another direction and what what struck me and and michael margolis my friend who does get storied point this out as well he said there was not a real strong why behind it of like why are we doing this well that was and, what i was going to ask you which is from the inside can you talk to me about the reasons the hunch as to why or it was never it was never clarified it, it was never clarified to me i i do have my hunches that um a few things one, Tony loves social experimentation and play, mm-hmm. and and I think experimentation is a little crude term for it. It's play. He's always he's always loved playing with new environments, and he goes through that in the book Delivering Happiness. And right. this is this is an interesting play. Um, second, I, he, he's he's a he's a computer guy at at heart, and I think he's very turned on by, by the idea that a program, an algorithm, can run an organization as opposed to a lot of personal mm-hmm. uh, politics. That's the dream, at least. Mm-hmm. But with an algorithm or like any kind of software, hackers can come in right. and figure out ways and loopholes and manipulate things. Um, but I think he's very intrigued by this idea that software, software for culture being structured language. Mm-hmm. You say this here, say this there, meet here. Structured meetings and conversation is an algorithm, is programming for culture. And that can programming really run a culture? I think he's really fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I really think this is either going to completely blow up or um, 
or he might discover something really new because what he's been really good at is simplifying eventually like zappos it was simple sell shoes online it was simple become the biggest shoe store online simple can we be the best company service company uh, customer service company customer service. that right. sells anything. Right. Can we be the best culture in the world? Um, even his email system called Yesterbox is something very simple. Of he he, he dealt with thousands of emails a day, mm-hmm. and he uh, he said, "You know what my system is now for this? I don't pay attention to the ones that are coming in through the day. I just have my box of all the emails that came in yesterday. I go through them. So there's a finite amount. It ends, and then the next day I do the next amount. Extremely simple solution to an otherwise extremely complex problem. Mm-hmm. And right now, the level of self-organization that I think is going on with Holacracy, with Zappos, with all these different models that are coming out is very chaotic and takes a lot of investment and has a lot of resistance. And my belief now is that a new set of core values are actually emerging there because it's going to happen whether it's articulated or not. To implement a, a programming around culture, it's bringing its own values with it. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is it going to be explicit? Are we going to explicitly say you need to be a this and this and this and this kind of person, mm-hmm. which is different from the fun and weird that we've known thus far of Zappos. So I think Zappos is going through a big metamorphosis, um, and I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. It, it could be that they discover the next big thing. It could implode. Um, one other thing that might... Well, yeah. it, well, I mean, you you talk a little bit about self-selection in the sense of whether you are sort of an intuitive person. This sometimes doesn't work for you, in the right? So there might be a great deal of self-selection in the types of people they're starting... I mean, they always had a great deal of self-selection. Yeah. But really very specific types of people that start gravitating toward a, towards an organization there. Yeah, I think it'll be, a, it'll be a totally new kind of person right. who gravitates toward it. Um, it's, it's going to bring in those values of self-starting, of being independent, of, um, being a lot more logical, rational with those kind of systems. Um, you know, maybe that'll turn Zappos into an incredibly great e-commerce company. I think they're not a great e-commerce company right now in the sense of, um, I don't get emails that say, Hey, you bought these, these, these Kohans. I think you'd like these. I would buy so much more if Zappos really did more work with a database and said, oh, if you'd like this, then you'd like this, and emailed me more often. And well, they don't do things. a great deal with business intelligence, as you said. Yes. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's going to be finally be addressed through this through people who care about that more, and it'll become a stronger e-commerce company, mm-hmm. and it'll pave uh, a, a way for self-organization. I still believe, I, don't, I might even work on this myself, I'm not sure, but that somebody's going to come out with the iPod version of this. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with, the, with cell phones before the iPhone, it was the wild, wild west. Right. There were so many different platforms mm-hmm. until iPhone really is established. Same thing with iPod, is that it really suddenly became standardized. Mm-hmm. Um, to this app-based, market-based system, GUI interface, um, um, even the on-screen keyboard. Mm-hmm. These were all very different. And right now, um, there, there's a lot of different systems, and I think they're bloated software. Mm-hmm. So the room is being paved for a new system of organization, especially one that the millennials are going to like and feel like they have autonomy. I think they're willing to sacrifice um, pay, for more autonomy and freedom and flexibility, I, I so would it agree might with not you. have to be yeah. expensive. Yeah, um, it, it it's really interesting, and I think maybe we can get some guests on the show who who've done this, who know it more, and can be speaking more from the field, and we can keep exploring this as a as a culture hacking topic. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So can we can we talk a little bit about some of the companies that you're starting to see? Sure. Use I'd love some examples. Well, um, Medium 
is yeah. using it. They're the 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 Twitter founder offshoot. Um, David Allen's getting things done. Um, there's there's a lot smaller ones. Zappos is the f- Biggest, biggest by far most are under 200 huh. which is key because you can still know everybody at under 200 right so um there's the the issue of politics and people um getting their way within it is, is a lot less risky because you know everyone um so it's it, it's highly experimental in the other stages and you know i think that that what we're also seeing business-wide is that companies are very much reflections of their leaders. Mm-hmm. So Morningstar, very much a reflection of a libertarian leader. Um, Tony, especially during, you know, you could see the company as, as a manifestation of it. And where, where, what's particularly intriguing is Brian Robertson, um, how the company is a reflection of him. Mm-hmm. Because he's very much got this mindset of, um, I believe, control. In fact, they switch from being trying to be a high-service organization to more of a design-based organization. They call it exquisite organization. They see it more as art than a business service. And Brian, it, it's interesting. If, if you look it up, he tried to patent this um, to take what he really learned from sociocracy mm-hmm. and combined it with a few things from Agile GTD to patent it. And the name of the patent was a system to control an organization. Hmm. Um, and that didn't go through. And um, he he did he, he even says in his story he did things like core values and some of the 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 that side of it and it didn't work so well mm. for him and I think it's it's I don't think it's because that that doesn't work well as a system I think it didn't work well for him because right. he didn't resonate with that so much and he's um so so he's he's built his personality into this and um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know. I went to the training on it, mm-hmm. and I asked, I said, you know, if this is an operating system, if this is software, then that means you've got a list of bugs. And I said, can you share them with this with us? And he laughed and said, no, that's too long. There's too many. It's too." And I said, wait, so you've got buggy software that's out there that's running organizations that they don't know what these bugs are. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, but we're going to fix these in version 5.0. And I said, okay, when's that coming out? He right. said, one to two years. And so I just thought, wait, wait, who in software goes from point oh to point oh? You go to point one, point two, point mm-hmm. two, three, four. Oh, we found this bug. Um, you don't have to upgrade, but hey, here's the feature that we're adding, right. and here's the. And I think Zappos is getting all of that because all their people are there; they're dedicated to it. Zappos probably knows all the bugs, knows the new features, so they're leading that charge because they know if they get it right with Zappos, they get it right with the world. Right. If they don't, everything is going to come crashing down. Mm-hmm. So if you're in Zappos, you know the latest that's going on. You know where the bugs and the new features are coming out. If you're one of these other companies, even if you're one of the original ones, and went to the latest training like I did, you don't know you don't have, You have no idea. Yeah. Any organization is stumbling on them. Potentially. You don't know. Right. That's one of the things that was jarring to me about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to say, I mean, I, I, I do take my hat off to him that he's the only one thus far that's made it really business palatable. Mm-hmm. It's really remained in the dark sides of the industrial side of this wacky company over here or in these co-housing units over here. Yep. So he, he, he created a language that made it very palatable. He was able to convince CEOs at conferences that this is the way it's going to go. Um, so I think he's done a tremendous service, but as first mover, he's got strong first mover vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, the space is ripe for disruption. The space is ripe for hacking. 
And part of me is itching to get in there and hack it and maybe potentially work with an organization and say, hey, do you want to hack your org structure to something self-organized? I can come in and help you. Mm -hmm. Um, Or my own potential company ideas because I I kind of feel like I'm in the stands right now. Yeah. I'm watching the game. Right. Right. Where do you think you're going to go with this yourself? It's a really good question. I... um, I I would love for a, a a brand name to talk to me and say, "Hey, we want to test this beta, not commit to it, but beta it with a with a small, small skunkworks kind of group, right, right. Um, to do some testing. You know, would you come in and and help us experiment with this? I I'd love to do that mm-hmm. as as a, as a lab for this. Are there some companies you have your eye on? I gotta say, I think I think Whole Foods is perfect for this. Yeah, I've heard they've already doing some of it at, at the store level. They they, they get self organization. Yep, um, they're really fast forward thinkers, um, but they haven't done it at more the corporate level, from what I know. Mm-hmm. So that I think would be really cool. And they're just doing it at the store level. You don't think they're doing it regionally? I've heard that his foundation has implemented holacracy. Mm. Uh, um, the 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 founder. Um, but I haven't heard otherwise. Hmm. So I'm kind of starting to put feelers out to that. Maybe n- another organization. I think they're, they're great because they... I, I'd love to work with one that, that could be um, a, a voice for something that, that works and would be willing to pioneer a more simple, human-based approach that combines these algorithms with, with the human factor, uh-huh. that has it ride on a structure of core values. So the core values is really that core kernel that the operating system of self-organization would write on top of. Right. But it's funny because part of holacracy is defining, is allowing those core values to be defined. Not explicitly. No. It's implicitly, which is where I think it becomes dangerous. Okay. Because if you know it, if you're clear on it, you can kind of work the system and get in. And I started to see that in the letter. They said these are the type of qualities of people who work well in this. Uh Uh-huh. But to go from that to core values is a very different idea. To go from that to core values is to say we're hiring by it, we're firing by it. Right. If you don't live these, you're gone. Mm. And that needs to be explicit. Mm Because if you don't know there's a rule, everything becomes political. Certain Mm -hmm. people know the rules, certain people don't know the rules. So it needs to be explicit that these are the values. And that's what I challenged them with in the training. I said, I think holacracy is bringing a set of values with it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're programming meetings, programming conversations, programming what's okay to say in language and not within the structure, um, and facilitated. Who are those facilitators? Why are they picked? Why is the lead link picked? And and by the way, these circles are um, concentric in that there is somewhat of a hierarchy to them. They do go 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 down and to the side. Right. Um, but are facilitators not changing within each circle, or is there a chosen or designated facilitator in each circle? I believe they jump. I believe oh. that they can. They spend like a few months at one, and then they'll go to to another group. Got it. But I've also I've heard from people both in holacracy and sociocracy that if you've got a really skilled, if you're a skilled facilitator, whether you're the facilitator or the person in the meeting, you know how to work it towards what you want. Right. Right. So here, here, I'll, I'll give you an example of mm-hmm. one of the loopholes or bugs in the system. I don't know if this one's been fixed. So, for example, the way that the, the proposal process works, I say my new idea. Mm-hmm. And then it goes around for clarifying uh, questions. questions. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I amend. And then um, I, you go into integration to integrate what people have. have uh, and then there's a second round of clarifying. And then it goes into integration. Mm-hmm. 
I think this might have changed with the second round of integration or, or clarifying, but what happened before was that if you knew how to work the system, if there's something that's really controversial or that serves, let's not say controversial, it serves me, mm-hmm. something that serves me that doesn't harm the company, right? then I can add it, but I'll also add it as an amendment rather than the proposal because the way the system worked is I can easily slip it in there at the end, almost like a congressional bill. Well, I was going to say, it sounds entirely like a congressional bill, right? Yeah. Right. And, um, and so I can get it in like that and then get what I wanted. And now granted, if you've got a strong culture where people are operating values and that won't happen, but if you've got a very big organization and very different type of individuals there, people are gonna start playing for themselves. And they'll look to loopholes in the system, in bugs, in software, to say, oh, wait a minute, I can get what I want right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a really, I mean, that sounds like a major bug. Yeah, and I, again, it might be one that they fixed, okay. but these kind of, these kind of little things come up. Um, if they, they they really tend to just happen when you don't have a strong culture where people are aligned, right? And the strongest part of culture, I feel, is when people opt in and they get the choice mm-hmm. and they get to. I I think what would have been better for Zappos to do rather than to say, "Hey, we're all doing holacracy now," is to start off with the open question: How do we? self-organize because that's where they're getting now they're saying they're starting to see the clues of okay holacracy didn't do it as a as a silver bullet in fact in the letter it says hey if you've got tools for self-organization we're gonna have some contests so that we can learn better tools right so i think what would have been better would be to start off almost doing their own innovation challenge internally yeah totally so i think what would have been better would be to start off saying hey What's the best way to self-organize? And right. let's get some ideas first. And maybe then we do holacracy. But by going holacracy first, it smashed a lot of thought and innovation and ideas that only now they're finally getting to. But it's come with some body bags going out the doors. Yeah, I'm sure. It's come with resistance. It's come with a resentment um, that, that happens What do you think has been the biggest sentiment in terms of resistance? Do you have a sense of that? I, I think it's the, just from what I can tell from any organization, which is that whenever anybody pushes something on you. Do this or you have no choice or you yeah. have a three-month severance oh. as opposed to what do you, th- you know, we, we tend to be a fairly open organization that looks for people to have, you know, to, to have their thoughts and no one was asked. And so it's just been thrust upon them and that the choice is, the choice is either to, to leave or to stay. Right. And to be on board. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the <laughs> a part of me, as somebody who likes the high stakes, wants to see it go either way. I want to either see it totally revolutionize things or implode. And mm. but but one of the other things that could happen is what they call death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Which is where it's just slowly people leave and slowly revenue is going down and slowly things aren't like as fun and interesting as they used to be. And you know, years go by, and then one day somebody says, "Oh, we're not longer Zappos.com. We're just going to be Amazon.com. It's uh, it's everything under one page." And then that 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 Zappos story slowly went off the radar. Right. But what Tony's brilliant at is always is staying relevant. Relevant. Well, I was going to say. So, how long have they been in the process of rolling out holacracy within Zappos? I think two two and a half years, three years around there. So, are they? I mean, has there been any sort of uh, revenue change are there any indicators to, to to sort of get a sense of the direction of how it's working i'm sure there are i i don't know You're them and then them, right. um it's it's always hard to correlate 
mm-hmm. you know, correlation and causation and right. knowing if that's, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, I have heard from another organization doing it that there was a decrease in revenue, which I think Brian, the CEO, would actually say that's normal. That's that, normal. That, that that would be a right. The question is adoption. how long, right? And and Tony prefaced everybody by saying, you know, read the dip by Seth Godin. We're going to go, go through, through a dip, it. right? Um, I don't know, but the, the the key question in Seth's book is when do you stick with it and when, when do you, you know that go? the dip is going to be you know in perpetuity you're going down a rabbit hole right? right yeah what's the threshold right right so an interesting game to watch yeah really really interesting really interesting cool let's see how we're doing on time okay we're just about wrapping up okay so um yeah, we'll get some guests on here that, that I'd love to get. It. I think that, that would. I'd love to get some guests who can talk qualitatively about how it's how yeah. it's been, what they've identified as bugs and experiences. Because it's you know, it's um, I think it's rife with a lot of uh, challenges. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Interesting. All right. Thank you so much, Culture Hackers. Please uh, make sure to go to iTunes and give us a, a five star if you like this. Um, tell your friends it's at culturehackers.com and, um, that's it. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.